brought to you by the Game Reviews and the Unified Gamers Network. You're listening to Big Red Potion, the podcast that doesn't run over hookers anymore. I'm your incriminating host, Joe D'Elia, TGR's Reviews Director, and I'm joined as always by the man who puts the ice into Vice City, TGR's Editorials and Features Director, Sinan Kuba. What's the good word, Jod Master? The good word is that I'm, I'm kind of half awake, so that question has kind of completely befuddled me. Uh, that's really not the good word. <laughs> no, <laughs> half awake, that's the good word. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, so both Sinan and I are tickled pink about our guests that we are welcoming today, but I don't think I'll ever be able to live down the fact that I just said tickled pink. <laughs> Their names are Alex Shaw and Tony Adkins, and together they are the Digital Cowboys, a dynamic duo of dynamite podcasters that deliver a show of divine quality each and every week. Alex and Tony, how you guys doing? We're doing great. Very good. I don't think I've heard so many Thank D's in intro, a sentence yeah. ever. But yeah. <laughs> I like the uh, together we are. Wild Stallions! <laughs> <laughs> awesome. If we could only hit that level, I would I would be very pleased. I would be tickled pink even. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> How was the expo? It was good. It was. Um, we've just come from PAX uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago, so we were thinking the whole time the one thing we can't say is not as good as PAX. And while it was not as good as PAX <laughs> because uh, it was less of a sort of you know go all the way over to America, stay in hotels, meet people you've never met before, uh, we got to meet like uh, at least one or two people we hadn't met before, and uh, the the. The community aspects were nice there, and it did have a huge amount of games to actually play, a lot of which we'd already played, but a lot of which, you know, I never had a chance to, and there was one really good panel, was it a panel, a keynote address, which we got to sit down and see, oh, Tony, go for it. Oh, well, that was with David Cage of Heavenly Sword, yeah. and that was probably the yeah. highlight of the show, yeah, taking us through... Heavenly Sword? Heavenly Sword, God, <laughs> heavenly, Heavy Rain, heavy that's rain. like the second time I've done that, that's terrible. But um, no, actually, the whole event reminded me of a, a very British version of PAX. It was all very civilised mm. and, and cu- you know, forming of queues and lots of a uh, you know, nice space, and everyone was very polite, but uh, mm. not quite the same vigour and you know, I don't know, kind of beating of chess that we're gamers as the Americans can there quite was do. But hey, there was also uh, no real developer presence there at all. It was basically just booth babes and and booth men there to sort of show you the games and you played them and you said thank you and you walked away. It was. Uh, there were very little business going on, uh, so to speak. Right. We did manage to purloin a uh, press room to do a roundtable podcast with uh, Chris O'Regan from Super Happy Fun Time Show and the guys from Joypod, which was uh, good fun. That was but a you, nice little sort of roundup for us. You went to Snow, didn't you? I did, yeah. I went on the day before you guys. Um, mm-hmm. I was just going to say that you know I didn't, I didn't get to go to PAX, obviously, but... Uh, you know, to kind of contrast against uh, that not as good as Pat's comment, it was a lot better than Play.com Live <laughs> this time yeah, yeah. Last, last year, so, uh, you know, that's something. It was it was, it was good, uh, I, I think, and uh, just in terms of the fact that there were, like you said, enough games there to play, like there was plenty to do, plenty to see. And there's definite room for improvement there. They, they could technically make it as good as Pax if they, um, you know, started working on evolving it as a, you know, making Eurogamer sort of make it next year it could be even better basically absolutely yeah I can't even imagine a, an expo without the deep fried anarchy of the US uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean it is complete chaos at every US gaming event and just the, you guys said that you nicely set up queues and said thank you to every, it's it's not it's basically balls to the wall throw the guy out in front of you out of the way to get to the game you want to play before everyone else does it's, it's, it's chaos it's fun though um, which is why I want to go to PAX at some point but um Anyway, so the latest GTA adventure, The Ballad of Gay Tony, landed on shelves, both digital and actual, this week. So we thought it would be best to discuss the series, especially how it's evolved in recent years, and how the media continues to react to all things Grand Theft Auto. 
But first, and I already know the answer to this, but for the sake of the show, has anyone here played Gay Tony yet? I think I'm the only one who has. Fair enough. And what did you think? Well, I think, well, this is the reason why I'm half awake. I was playing it until 5 o'clock in the morning last night like an idiot. Um, See, that's hardcore. Is... That is really hard. You were playing till 5 a.m. That's amazing. <laughs> Dedication. I, I, and to be honest, I don't often play till 5 o'clock in the morning. I, I, I tend to, in my old age of 26, have uh, stopped playing till you know, it's, it's 2 o'clock in the morning at the most, but uh, I just couldn't stop playing. It, it is really, really good. Um, I mean, it's... To be to be more relative value because I know we're not going to talk too much about uh, the, you know uh, the quality of the game necessarily, but um, it, comparing it to GTA 4, it, it's got much more of the fun and without too much concession of the story. Uh, uh, that's how I felt about it anyway. I haven't quite finished it yet, but it, it's very very strong. Well, now do they have a? I mean, everything they've shown of that game so far has kind of been a little bit over the top, a little bit like San Andreas was with like. You know, pretty much jam everything we can into this experience. Did they kind of go back to that in this one, or did it stay kind of grounded like GTA 4 did? No, no, no. There's a lot, most of the missions are, are completely absurd. I mean, at, at one point you are uh, hijacking a tank that's being air, air transported uh, <laughs> across the city, and then you uh, you take hold of the tank and safely, you know, you actually scare off the cops <laughs> before delivering it <laughs> back to, uh, to the guy who's asked you to get it, and, and another point you're pushing a guy out of a of a helicopter before bunging down to rescue him. Um, so not bunging, parachuting uh, down to rescue him. It's it's absurd. It's ridiculous. There's there's really no sense to any of the missions. It's not quite like you know with with, uh, with GTA 4 where there there was almost like this sort of natural pro progression with the missions. You're just doing crazy stuff from one thing to the next. Um, but what I, I what I like about it is that there's still that sort of grounded element in the story. You know, um, there's mm. there's even more of a, a family factor in in this in this uh, uh, episode than there was in in GTA 4 because I, with with GTA 4 it's mainly just Nico and his brother and his communication with his mother through the emails. But here you've got uh, him talking with his friends who he grew up with and his mum, and uh, then the, then there's all the other sort of on, uh, it's much more subtle the sort of uh, stuff with his uh, he, him emailing his brothers and sisters and uh, mm. kind of just a little, a little, a little less uh, unconvincing than, than than Nico's story was, um, mm. and mm. I, and I like that, um, and I, yeah, I, I generally think it's maybe doesn't have quite as much as the, as the wow factor as the first one had, just because it's you know the same engine, but it's a, I think it's probably better actually in in many ways than uh, than GTA Four or the story in GTA Four and, and the missions in GTA Four. Going back to the over the top, I mean, I've I've seen all that the, the uh, videos of um, Nico jumping. Well, not Nico. The uh, who is the protagonist you play? In? Luis Lopez. Luis. Okay. Well, I've seen him like jumping. He's the bodyguard of Gay Tony, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, his partner, but more like his uh, security man. Yeah. All right. Mm. So you know, so you see the you know ridiculous stunts that he's been doing in in, in this just through the videos alone. Um, is this? Is, do you think it's like a concession to everybody that found GTA 4 just a bit too serious, and it's just them can turn around and say, look, we could have designed any universe we wanted, we just decided to go the more serious route here. If you have a bit of fun just through this downloadable pack, or is it just just feels you know somewhat natural of what that character would have done within that universe? It doesn't. That's the that's the one maybe the one area where it lacks. So I, it it doesn't quite feel natural at times. I, I think it was uh, while well, the story itself is, is more is more convincing in in 
this version. Like the actual stuff that he ends up doing in the missions are just wildly unbelievable, and uh, he, they don't seem to work with his with his character so much. Um, but I think you're probably onto something. There's, there is this element throughout GTA 4 of two fingers up to all the critics uh, of, of the previous game. I mean, there are so many sort of hidden comments. Like uh, at one point, they're talking about London and how they'll never go back there, which is quite obviously commentary on all the <laughs> speculation of them going to London. Um, and, uh, you know, just the fact that it's called the Ballad of Gate Only. I think I said this on the podcast before. It's just two fingers up to everyone who had a problem with uh, the Lost and Damned and all the and all the uh, m- uh, genitalia that was on show in that game. So. I think you're old enough to say penis, yeah. No, it, it was true. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, we we talked heavily about that in our show. That you know, the, the whole penis scene was a fantastic scene in Lost and Damned, just because it was. Look, you know. We're, we're adults. We can deal with you know a penis being within the scene. And the the funny thing about obviously about that was you know we always assumed uh, teenagers are going to be playing uh, Grand Theft Auto even if they shouldn't be. So it's just the uncomfortable nature of them watching that and having that shoved in their face as it was. So uh, you know I, lo- I love the fact when I first heard the you know the Battle of the Gay Tony, I just sat there and went, they're actually going to release a game called that and it's going to be one of the potentially biggest games of the year, if not the biggest download of the year. It's just you know once again Rockstar. It's amazing how they can get away with stuff. Absolutely, I mean, and and from all accounts, it hasn't really hurt sales to sort of early, early. You know, the, the disc is doing brilliantly from what mm. I've heard, the, and uh, yeah, like they're, they're I, they they're constantly doing that throughout their career. So you know, it shouldn't really surprise us that <laughs> they've stuck two fingers up again. But uh, it 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 maybe isn't quite as subtle as previous encounters. <laughs> Uh, mm. There's definitely a lot of specific call-outs to certain criticisms they got. Do you think that the over-the-top nature of this one breaks what they did in GTA 4? Like, they set a very specific, realistic tone in that one. Do you think that this kind of stuff kind of demeans that? No, because I think that's maybe giving GTA 4, like, too much credit. I don't think it was that realistic at times. Uh, you know, there were some missions that were that were fairly absurd. Mm. And I think that what keeps it all linked is all the, all the callbacks. You know, there's. I, I think uh, you know, Lost and Damned had quite a few. I haven't played enough of Lost and Damned to say it, but you know, some of the missions you are doing are specifically linked to what you were doing in GTA 4. Like, um, right. at one point, you are uh, stopping that diamond deal that went on in the in the in GTA 4. You're the guy who shoots uh, the Jewish businessman and and completely breaks up the deal. So it just makes it feel like it's all cohesive, which uh, you know, I think that's just a touch of class on Rockstar's part. Like most developers can't even do that with, with you know like Fallout 3 the DLC is just it doesn't that you don't get that same kind of cohesive nature hmm. right right I guess I'm just still mad that they took the jetpack out of GTA 4 <laughs> which was my you, you've got the parachute now so that's uh, okay it's something I guess yeah alright so um, with GTA 4 kind of maturing the series in a couple ways uh, changing a lot of things pushing it down to even though we said it's not entirely realistic it definitely honed things down a bit more and, and made them a little bit silly than they were in San Andreas. Um, and to the point where even some early reviews of the game said that it had an Oscar caliber story and um, you know <laughs> the, the best characters <laughs> they've ever seen in a video game. Um, stuff along those lines. Uh, what do you guys think, just in general, of the, the story and the morality of GTA 4? Um, do you think that the themes in the story were in line with what the series should be at, or do you think that Rockstar pushed a bit too far? I've got quite a bit to say about this one. <laughs> okay. Um, right. To start off with, the PS2 GTA games, and indeed the ones before that, um, had 
basically were relying on uh, movie parody style tropes for the characters so you had very kind of overblown plots and uh, while you could take it relatively seriously it it you weren't really invested in anything that was going on when Grand Theft Auto 4 came out you start to relate to Nico immediately because he he has a shady past he has he's done various bad things and you think ah oh, interesting they're taking a mature look at this and and then throughout the game slowly your sympathy this has been said across the board slowly your sympathies with him begin to ebb because he's doing more and more psychotic things and they're not in any way really dealing with that. In t- and there's no point when Nico sort of goes back to the house, holds his head in his hand, stares into the mirror and looks for his soul. It's um, it's a degrading of the character's actions without any actual comeback to it. So that by the end of the game, you're holding a gun to a guy's head after you've massacred thousands. And you're just wondering, exactly why is Nico really deliberating on this one? It, j- it just doesn't seem to 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 hold true. So the but, morality aspects, which worked so well to begin with, are dispensed with. But wouldn't you say that you've had such a strong opinion on, you know, or reaction to that? Because right at the start of that game, they did actually make it more serious. They actually made you care about Nico. I just, before I jumped onto this podcast, I replayed the first couple of hours of GTA 4 just to get a feel for it again. And because, I mean, like Alex, I'm so kind of angry tired I'd finished that game with how how this game just deteriorated into you know a farce towards the end that I'd really forgotten how good the start of that game was so going back there I really did start to emphasize Nico and you know coming to the the new world to start a new life to find out that it's basically all lies and he's been dropped into the same old environment again um but you know the fact is that 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 was a very very powerful two hours I've just sat there and played mm. so you know, I, I think so that's a positive, thing, positive thing to take away. Certainly from the, as you say, the cartoony stories of Free, Free, Vice City, and San Andreas. Mm. But so it did mature from them. But then my point is, I believe it sort of regressed back to to what it was before. You can't regress back. It regressed to what it was before. <laughs> it's difficult because obviously, with natural game design, you want the scale of things to increase over time. You want you want the stakes to rise. You want things to get heavier, and uh, mm. uh, and that kind of seemed to go against how Nico was developing in the in the game. Like he was, it seemed like he was getting into that kind of soul searching phase, and then all of a sudden he did get into this kind of psychotic uh, rage, mm. especially in the actual gameplay of it. It's not it's not so much in in, in the story. If you if you watch just the cutscenes, it would probably come across as quite a, a a well-rounded story, you know, from start to finish. But in the in the actual gameplay, he is saying some crazy stuff, and mm. it just it comes across as very, very dissonant. Um, but one of the most interesting interpretations I, I read about that was that I think it was from Stephen Tatillo and Guy Kroll in their long like debate on the level up blog that uh, that Nico it's it's more of a, a sort of a bravado, a farce on his part. Uh, just to, it, it's almost as, as if he is just putting it on in the in these moments, and you know, like maybe we're not seeing the true face of him in the, in the gameplay. Mm. Which, uh, you know, I mean, in some ways, part the cynical part of me thinks that's giving too much credit to a developer who's made some very immature games in the past. <laughs> <laughs> but part of me thinks maybe you know there is something in that. Well, I mean, if he's wading through a warehouse, slowly killing, you know, machine guns, certain gangsters, screaming, I'm going to fucking kill you! 
all the time. That, now, whether it's bravado or not, when he walks out of there, everybody's dead, and it, you know, either his soul is damaged or yeah, it's not, or, or effectively they're just treating each violent act as, as just a sort of throwaway moment. But we've had the same conversation with you know, pick an easy game, say Uncharted Two recently. You know, for all the you know the mm. caring of those characters yeah. that we've had in that, you know, at the end of the day, you are snapping necks, <laughs> and the time you finish that game, you've killed a thousand people. I think if Drake you, is a war criminal. You know, if you if you really <laughs> study it into that depth, then I think all games can just you know trip over the fact that they have gameplay mechanics. I think mm. for me, it, it's more about you know the story did de- you know degenerate the further you're into the game and, that, and certainly within even with gameplay turns there's that classic mission where you're you kidnap isn't the wife of one of the gangsters and put yeah, everyone mentions that yeah, one, when the Paris Hilton type yeah you thing. put him in the back mm. of your car and she's screaming away and you're basically just you know you're driving around the car just banging her around and get her back and it's just it felt really awkward like I you know at that point I really didn't care what Nico had to say to me anymore it's just like you know it was a horrible thing to do so it's right I think I just lost all hope for that character, and maybe that's what Rockstar wanted. Maybe that this didn't need to have a happy ending. Maybe we we're all being, you know, too, you know, flowery, flowery for us ourselves. And really, it's just you know the the story of this is there is no hope, you know, for these people. You know. I think it's 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 an interesting way to look at it because obviously the way it's presented, like like you both uh, inferred, is that he's an everyman in the beginning of the game. You, he's the the voice of reason in this sea of crazy. So immediately. Really? That's how you saw him? In the beginning of the game. In the beginning, you've got all these crazy characters and you have this guy who is trying to be calm in situations. It's, it's, it, it is, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think, it, you know, that's a commonly used game mechanic. We talked about it with, um, with Kelly Santiago, actually, uh, of uh, that game company, and she, she said the same thing. That it, it, you know, basically you have this character who comes across as sane because everyone else around him is completely insane. Um, mm. Whereas, I guess, like, when you think about it, his past is—he—he's done some crazy shit in his past. Like, why would he be any more uh, respectable than any of these guys around him? When you get down to sort of thinking about it, so maybe yeah. there is something in, in in that kind of rock star just maybe pulling the, the the wool over your eyes in the beginning and then revealing him to be this completely cold-hearted bastard as the game goes on. But there was never one moment where you were like, you know, suddenly one ca- you could observe him from another character's point of view and that character's perception of Nico slowly changed in front of your eyes and have you go, oh, hang on, this guy's a stone-cold psycho. If there had been that moment, I would have respected the game a bit more. I, I'd agree with that. Maybe that... that in, there was, there, I think it's generally, like, the, the style of storytelling in that game is, is a bit poor. Like, to rely so much on cutscenes and and really to do very little exposition when you could have done much more exposition the kind of you know the scenes where you're going along with the car it's just the same old stuff you're you're hearing over and over again right. so but where, where do you think the Oscar caliber cutscenes came in <laughs> I mean, that was something that was being thrown around they aren't no, but <laughs> that I, is it just more down to the fact that you, you feel like that you're part of the scene you know, re-watching it again it, it felt very much like I was just you know sitting there behind the camera watching this stuff from a distance it's very well acted and voice acted I think it is all relative isn't it um, you know that it, we you go two years forward from GTA 4 and we're seeing much better cutscenes in, in mm. Uncharted 2. Um, mm. Like I think mm. basically the, the best cutscenes I've seen in the game uh, so far. Maybe Metal Gear Solid 4 would, would, would push it to one side, but um, it's uh, it, <laughs> not the it. tail end <laughs> stuff. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> in terms of how it's in terms of the presentation, I would say Metal Gear Solid 4 just maybe to one hmm. side, but. Um, oh. You know, the voice acting is huge. I mean, I, I, I've just been writing about it, and basically, voice acting in games is trash in, in general. And to have good voice acting is 
immediately makes you notice it. Um, and but that's the thing; it's good voice acting. But they don't get, go, you know, the Academy Awards each year. Oh, this not. film was good. Have an Oscar. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that the Oscars are given out to the best films each year, but you know, in I don't know. This is a whole other argument. But I mean, they were not going to give the acting uh, Oscar to Titanic. But um, you know that, that that sort of thing does go to things like The Departed and, and, and actual you know films where people have actually really what am I saying Gladiator it's totally spotty but at the same time <laughs> good voice acting is still a world away from excellent film acting yeah Oscar Oscar we're, we're, we're a bit more forgiving term to use absolutely yeah it's exaggerated what's what's your opinion on it Joe you've been very silent amongst this so yeah I um I mean. I think I was one of those people that, you know, I've never been a monster fan of the GTA series. I thought they were okay, and um, I played them a little bit, but I, I, the only one I ever beat was San Andreas. So going from that to this one was I still don't know of one I've ever not beat. <laughs> really? Okay. It's weird. Yeah, okay. Um, Sorry. Well, actually, my disc broke for Vice City, so I can't really blame that. Oh. But, um, so, you know, jumping into GTA 4, I was kind of, like, already a little, you know, awestruck because I just kind of, everything I'd associated with the series was, like, the breaking into Area 51 to steal the jetpack and fly your way out and, you know, uh, <laughs> recreate the scene from Terminator 2 where you're going down the, the highway uh, being chased by the truck. Like, that kind of stuff is what I kind of associated with GTA. And playing this one, you know, especially after reading, um, you know, 15, 20 reviews where they basically said it's the best game you'll ever play. Um, it kind of hit me hard, and I, I thought that Nico was an interesting character. I, uh, Much like you guys, in the early going, I definitely, you know, got on his side and I saw exactly what he was doing but then he started to make a few decisions that were a bit beyond my control and I really didn't like it and mm. coming to the end uh, I thought the whole scene where um, spoiler, uh, Roman died I thought that was completely mishandled um, I didn't like the direction, I didn't like the camera work and I thought that they pulled away from that scene right before any like emotional impact would have possibly been had on you or the characters mm. so I didn't like that and the, the whole tail end of the game I, I disliked because of the way it was handled Nico basically went into a blind rage and killed everything around which is sort of understandable but I, I didn't agree with it, I didn't like it and I didn't want to do it that way mm. um, and it, it, I beat the game but it, it got to the point where when Lost in the Dam came out I really didn't have much interest in it yeah, that's one of the reasons I've yet to play uh, both Lost of the Damned and The Ballad of Gay Tony. It, I think with The Ballad of Gay Tony, wh wh how you're saying it kind of just it, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It may be a, a good stepping point to kind of re-ingrate myself back into GTA and just not uh, maybe look at it quite so seriously because ultimately it didn't succeed at that, in, in my opinion. But um, so it kind of turned me off, so I wasn't really in the mood to... I mean, Lost and Damned is apparently rather violent and over the top. I only played a, uh, a couple of hours of Lost and Damned. I can't really comment on it, but it didn't didn't suck me in like uh, like the Battle of Gay Tony did. Just immediately a much more fun tone. Like the whole presentation from from the office, you know, cheesy seventies music and very bright colours, and you know, even like the loading screen, the loading text is all glittery and pink. So you, you know that uh, the tone is is completely different from GTA Four. But um, regards like. The, the main character, Luis Lopez, it's interesting because it, he is very Nico-like. Uh, again, he's again the kind of an everyman but with a dark past, but they aren't trying to do much with him in terms of the, the, the story is mostly centred around how his uh, his mother is completely ashamed of him and uh, really would prefer that uh, 
he was doing something less uh, less criminal, but she still accepts all his money, uh, and how this uh, how this gay Tony character is completely off his head. You know, he's this '80s stereotype <laughs> gay character who uh, who is taking drugs all the time, and it's it's not very complicated like uh, GTA Fours was, but uh, the characters are endearing. Uh, you know, you like the guy, even though he is doing all this dark stuff. Where it was like with Nico, I, even I disliked him, even at the end, even though I, thought, I, I honestly thought he's a a much better character than, than the criticism said of him. I, I found myself disliking him towards the end, but like like I've sort of said before, I think that maybe was kind of the point. But um, mm. I, I, Luis Lopez is much more endearing. Uh, I think I think Bella Gay Tony, if it gets past this whole homophobic thing which is going around with it, it um, it will do a lot of good good uh, PR for the series. Considering that, do you guys think that the series has really matured that much over the years? Like we, we've been talking about how GTA kind of brought things down to a more you know grittier level, but like as terms of actual like storyline maturity, as far as actual becoming something other than what it was, which was this you know um, cartoonish representation of American life, um, do you think that Rockstar has done a good enough job of of making things seem a bit more you know down to earth? First couple of games again, um, cartoony. Again, you, you didn't really invest too much in it, and, and and also because it was relatively a new style of game, um, they, they pretty much brought the, uh, the sandbox genre into into being. They um, y- you tended to experiment more. So you, when you're driving around, you you just like, I wonder if what happens if I just plow through these pedestrians here, and you you become very haphazard with with how you handle people. GTA 4 immediately, I didn't want to hurt people. Partly because of the the way Nico was immediately portrayed as someone who really didn't, you know, want to start any violence unless it was absolutely necessary to begin with, and partly because the weight that they'd given to the people, the weight that they'd given to the cars, I, and the pain in the arse of having the police actually on your tail and the carnage that would ensue if you did have to go across town incredibly fast, I, I just didn't want to kill people, and and that to me immediately made it mature. However, <laughs> by the end of the game, after I'd slaughtered a thousand people, uh, I was maybe a bit less careful, and I, I you know, it, it cheapened life for me a little bit more. And um, and also, you know, I did eventually start thinking, oh, I wonder what happens if I do start messing around a bit more. So it's interesting because they presented the world as a lot more detailed and a lot more mature, and then it, it is all to do with a sort of downward slope in, in in how invested you are with the character. So I, I suppose uh, if, if they keep you locked to it the whole way through, maybe that would maintain. I don't know. Well, similarly, in the GTA 4, I never actually went on one of those five-star rampages through the city that I had mm. done so many times in the previous games. I don't know if it was because of what you just said or because of, I don't know, maybe I'm just tired of doing that because I've done it in three previous games. But yep. I never really had the... I don't even think I did it once. I don't even think I've seen the tanks or the, the FBI or whatever that comes out after you do a certain level. And... Um, I think that also the, the it happened so much in that game to begin with where pretty much every mission ended with, oh, well, now you have to escape the cops. I, I kind of had mm. no real urge to do that <laughs> on my own independently. Um, yeah. I got tired of it. It was less fun being public enemy number one. I don't know why. Mm. Well, I, I think that comes back down to the, the fact that it, it was a lot less cartoony. Um, there, there's no doubt about it. You know, Vice City, I mean, if you take that for example, I mean, that was a, a really, really fun cartoony world. Um, GTA 4, on the other hand... It, it, 
is a lot more serious and I, I think this is to the credit of it actually I think we're kind of bashing it a bit here but I think one of the, the reasons we're having this negative reaction you know certainly towards the back end of the game is because before then I was actually really invested into this world I, I really felt like it was a, a solid place it, I hadn't really seen a game world instructed quite as uh, maybe not perfectly is the wrong word but you, you understand what I mean by that you know every alley had a you know a, a garbage can that was different from you know the alley around the corner um, and just driving around I went this afternoon I was just driving around for 20 minutes you know, stopping at traffic lights and it just felt like a, a living moving breathing city where the, the games before that never you know they alluded to that but never really hit that high so yes I think it did mature the series um, whether it done more harm than good to its its fan base I think that's a, a really interesting discussion we could have whether it, you know certainly it's it's sold plenty of copies um, I don't know Shannon Shannon well to, to get back to what Alex was saying about gradually getting less and less is the word immersed, I guess, in, in the world and feeling like you can break it a bit more and, 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 mm. and you know, I think you, part of that you can lay the blame at, at, at the story and, and the characters and I think part of it is just a natural way a game progresses, like, you know I, I started that game just like you staying in, in traffic queues like an idiot and uh, <laughs> waiting for about ten minutes to get to where I wanted to um, mm. but eventually you just get tired of that and uh, I started you know, breaking lights, and if that meant you know having to run over someone, that meant having to run over someone. And eventually, it was just like oh, I can actually outrun the cops, so I can just go down this like pedestrian path if I want to, and, and trash everyone. It, uh, I think maybe it's just a problem is it's quite a long game, and uh, eventually, mm. it's, it's a, to stay realistic for that, you're gonna find all the little nuances and, and glitches and, and ways to, to break the game with time. And I, I just wonder maybe maybe that suits the episodic nature these games a bit more like I, I know that the intent isn't necessarily the same with, with especially with the Battle of Gate Tony but um, I found a lot of the problems I had with GTA 4 was just that I played it for too long mm -hmm. 100% agree another thing um, this might be to do with maturity maybe it's not maybe yeah, it, it's sort of looking towards the future when you when you take somebody in the Playstation 2 versions of GTA and you beat them to death with a baseball bat or something, or shoot them in the legs, um, especially when you can actually get manual aim, and they go, they scream and they fall down and they die. Uh, it, it, it's cartoonish. It's like itchy and scratchy. Um, in this one, I felt far less inclined to go on a rampage because it felt closer to actually being a maniac in the street, shooting people and, and beating them up, and it just just felt wrong to be, be doing that. And I just kind of you know got a moral twinge. I wonder how people would receive a future Grand Theft Auto game where if you actually did start beating someone to death with a baseball bat you they registered severe pain and they began pleading for their life and it actually became a real hard slog to actually murder them and whether that would take its toll on people as they were doing it or if that would just generate massive amounts of media controversy about being able to effectively torture NPC pedestrians I think I would it would happen once and you'd be like it would shake me up so much I'd never want to do it again yeah but that, that comes down to all games I mean that's not just GTA exclusive I mean, yeah yeah you know, but it's, it's, it's the point people always bring GTA out of the, uh, the, the the cupboard whenever they're talking about video game violence and they always go you can sleep with hookers and then beat them to death and then you take the money back and it's you know ultimately if that beating to death wasn't so cartoonish and, and itchy and scratchy and it actually did start to take a toll on people as they were doing it and they actually felt wrong doing it would it maybe be considered a bit less dismissive about the violence 
Well, we just had a discussion last week about Manhunt, which mm. I think perfectly falls in line with that, mm. because in that game, they don't pull away. It's not like a, the guy doesn't just fall down and money pops out of his stomach. It's like, you know, you put a bag over a guy's head and you hold it there until you hear, like, the blood gurgle up into his throat and he chokes to death on it, and that's it. True, um, but the big difference between the two games is, in Manhunt, the only aim is to kill people in the most horrendous way possible. GTA sure. 4, beating pedestrians to death, has never, and probably will never, be an aim of the game. It's, it's completely optional. It's in your own within your own discretion. I think I think in some ways GTA 4 actually alluded to that question in in some mm-hmm. ways. You know, like like you're saying, the difference between the PS2 version and the uh, the, the current gen versions is is huge in, in the way that people react to what you're doing. And uh, there's just this general sense like, oh shit, I'm doing something that's kind of wrong here. Um, you know, and it, it's presentation, it's the animation, it's all kinds of things. Um, <sighs> To answer your question of how people would react, I think unfortunately it's it that's the if you made it as as gratuitous and and, and uh, realistic as that, you would just get the news uh, people going crazy and the game would never make it to public. Uh, I just couldn't see that happening. They'd probably I think, be right to do so as well. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I, I'm not sure. To be honest, I, I, I'm not sure whether enough people would react in the right way if you get my drift. So consequence-free violence is better than violence where they actually put the consequences directly in your face and say, look, this is actually what happens if you beat someone to death with a baseball bat. I'm, I'm not, not saying I'm you're not, saying I'm, that. I'm just not, the, 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 the news would purport that, how dare they show these people in pain and suffering? They should just pop, up, you know, disappear and money appear. Well, I, I think the problem with that sense. is a whole show within itself about, you know, whether you know, violence can be far too far, you know, whether you know, the realistic uh, interpretation of violence, I mean, that's a show within itself. But one question I'd actually love to know is, um, why do you think Rockstar felt the need to take the ser- uh, take this series into a more serious um, destination after you know the, the fairly kind of fun tone all the the others had? That's a very good question. I don't know how much farther they could have pushed it after San Andreas. Hmm. I mean, unless they were put it into space and you know, <laughs> rocket boots or something. I mean, it they would really end up Space Saints Row Two. Exactly, like Saints Row 2 is the evolution of San Andreas in, in so many ways, and I don't think really Rockstar wanted to do that. I think you know they try to push the buttons a little bit, and the more cartoonish they make it, the less buttons would be pushed. So mm. I think that that was pretty much the only decision they could have made. Well, you say also that, if you get, I was just gonna say you say that, but um, you know if they had made it more like Saints Row 2, I bet you would have sold more. It would have sold a lot more than it did because a lot of people were put off by the serious tone. And that's just frank. That's just proven by how uh, many people have said Saints Row Two is more fun. You know that this. Uh, I'm, I've been thinking of our previous guest Sam, and he's probably cringing as I say this. But a lot of people do think that Saints Row Two is more fun than, than GTA well, Four. Yeah, I'm I, sure I, it's more fun, but is it better? Well, that's, 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 a, that's the thing. Yeah. You see, I remember when Saints Row 2 was uh, due to be released and it was coming out w- w- almost roughly the same time as uh, GTA 4, and everyone said it's been sent out to die. There's no point even you know, coming within the same marketplace. It actually turned out they must have been so thankful when they finally got GTA 4 and went, no, this is an entirely different game. You know, we, we actually have a place within this market. I mean, I didn't like it. You know, the, the poo gun spraying people down the street, you know, it's, it, it took it maybe one step too far. Maybe San Andreas, even for me, that was a bit too, you know, too kitchen sink with everything in there. But um, I mean, I'm actually I'm like kind of proud that Rockstar uh, decided to you know to, to halt the series where it was and just you know took a new look and a new angle because I see I did a little um, tally up of how many uh, Grand Theft Auto's games and spin-offs they've actually done and it actually totals somewhere ranging of 14 
time taking in Liberty City stories and the the expansions and Chinatown Wars and uh, you know one two and all the ones all the versions of it totals towards fourteen, which is incredible yeah, considering it's what eleven years or ninety eight it first came out. You guys want some numbers, by the way? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, you know, uh, you were saying that if uh, GTA 4 had been less serious, it would have sold more copies. Mm. Uh, how many do you think Saints Row 2 sold? Very not serious at all, but doesn't have the GTA name. I think I, I think I would say one to two million. Three million. Okay. Wow. GTA 4. Six. Uh, no, no. no, I think it's more than that now. Is it eight? 13 million. Whoa, you still think oh. it should be uh, silly? <laughs> I didn't realise it was 13. It sold over But is that the name? It, it had a slow start. That was the thing. Uh, I think it's the name. I think it's the just sheer um, high quality of the game. It's, it's, it's a combination of the two. It wouldn't have sold that much if it had been Grand Theft Auto but rubbish. And it wouldn't have sold that much if it had been just really, really good but without the name. It's a, it's a, a lethal cocktail. Another. See, I just want to say, I want to see what the episode sells. Because mm. people know now what GTA 4 mm. is. Whether or not they want more of that is, I think, the real question. Yeah. I've got a question for Joe. And What do you think ab about the, you know, this game is made in Scotland? So what do you think that you know, the British, or you know, the Scottish, I actually shouldn't do that, the Scottish, um, <laughs> have such a... Uh, the Scotch. Uh, have such a, uh, an astute look at the, kind of the American politics and, and lifestyle and gangs and you know, does it take a, an outsider to see all that stuff for what it's worth? I think so because the, the people that make games here, they're obviously they're living within it all so they kind of can you know, paint their picture of what they think American life is like but when people look at it from the outside they're kind of looking at television and at movies and at what you know, that portrays American life to be. I mean GTA is very influenced by Hollywood. I mean every little, some missions even are taken directly from movies. Mm. And I think that that is really an interesting way to look at things because it, it kind of the caricature of America that is built up by, by Hollywood and by television can kind of be caricatured in itself in these, in these games and it's, it's definitely a, a different perspective on on American life, but also a, a very interesting one, and one that would not be built if it was. You know, I don't think that necessarily these games would be as silly or you know over the top as they all have been um, if they were built here. I think another thing is that if you do something that's well received for long enough, even if it's ridiculously silly in its earlier or late, uh, middle stages, eventually you get to get to a place where you kind of do want a bit more respect. You want to just take it a bit more seriously, and you want to do something which you feel a bit more proud of, and. and uh, look at Red vs. Blue, for example. They they started out with doing a comedy series, and you know, second second to most recent series um, reconstruction. They, they, it's relatively serious film style um, series. Sure. So yeah, but it's, it, in when when you grow large enough, you st you start. It's like when you hit the age thirty, you suddenly start wanting to be taken more seriously, and you grow a beard. <laughs> I think there's there's also an element of resources. I mean, I don't think you could do a game, not just because of the scale or whatever, but I don't think you could infer the same kind of uh, uh, meaning within cutscenes or whatever with the PS2 engine. Mm. You know, I just think uh, the facial animations were a huge part of GTA 4's uh, cutscenes, mm. and uh, you know, you can't have a bleak tale with <laughs> someone staring blankly on. Uh, it just wouldn't work. So um, they had a good crack at it with Fahrenheit. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah. <laughs> but wouldn't wouldn't you say four though entirely? It is very much almost a European feeling game, although it's set within uh, you know America. Um, you know the fact that Nico Bellic is a European. 
Um, I, I don't know whether America, an American development company, really could have got, uh, picked up that tone and brought that into that game. I think they would have just. I mean, CJ was. I mean, yeah, I, I think San Andreas with CJ felt very, very like it was a, a almost an American-made game at that point. So yeah, I was really surprised once the European flavour actually come through in this because that's a big bold move. Mm. I think that another side of that is that it mirrors something that's going on in this country and it's become very topical, which is you know immigration. Uh, mm. And uh, there are, I don't know how much you know about this, Joe, but the UK is having is suffering a real immigration problem at the moment. Uh, okay. Uh, basically, the, the numbers of the country getting too high, and we've uh, just a couple of weeks ago had a, a member of very uh, What's the, what's the best term to describe uh, Nick Griffin of <laughs> <laughs> uh, the British National Party but he's very anti-immigration let's put it that way and uh, uh, it, it caused a lot of controversy here when he appeared on the television show and basically lambasted a lot of uh, ethnic and minority groups in, in one sitting um, and I, I, I guess you know that kind of mirrors British culture to have this, this story all about European immigrants coming into a, a very multicultural city and trying to make their way against all the odds you know that's a very London story in particular it was compared to uh, Dirty Pretty Things and oh, Eastern Promises it's, it's got that same sort of flavour of you know horrible things going on behind closed doors that just take place within these enclosed communities right that's a, that's a great word but to use it again with GTA 4 communities that was something that, that came through particularly strongly in that game like all the different areas of, of Liberty City had different kind of groups and different kind of cultures and uh, I particularly mm. like that that's something that I, again I don't think they could have done as well with the, the PS2 versions of the game Taking all this into account what do you guys think about the public perception that the series has had in recent years in regards to the media and the mainstream populace GCA still pointed at whenever disdainful video game violence is brought up despite the series having moved beyond running over hookers with cars though you can still do that with maturing that we've discussed, what do you think that the do you think the media's continued scapegoating of GTA is kind of unfair? I think it um, that GTA Four wouldn't have sold thirteen million copies without it. Sure. In all seriousness, I think that as we said, the name where how did the, where did the name come from? It's not just that it was a really good game. There's something illicit about Grand Theft Auto. All the kids want it because they're told that kids should not play this game. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> obvious reasons why yeah oh it's something parents uh, grown ups don't want me to do this I, I remember there was this um, uh, news article about uh, Game Station last year selling a copy of Grand Theft Auto 4 with uh, f I think four tabs of ecstasy or something inside the instruction booklet <laughs> and uh, it was that this dad of this like 12 year old kid holding up the um the ecstasy, like in this sort of indignance, and like, Ugh, we shouldn't be buying, you know, these 18 rated games for our kids and come home and there's drugs inside them. And it's like, whoa, 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 hold on there. You shouldn't be buying this 18 rated game for your 12 year old kid, <laughs> you irresponsible prat. I think, that, I think it, was, um, it was Chinatown Wars, in fact, and that was even funny about that. The irony is that Chinatown Wars is full of drug dealing much more than any GTA game previously before. And uh, maybe that's just a giveaway. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I think we had a few people <laughs> say that. It was only a very a limited giveaway, yeah. What, what was funny is the media just didn't pick up on that side of it, uh, which just shows really how the <laughs> you know the the scapegoating within the media is so ill-informed about the game at this stage. Like it's just become the go-to game. Yeah, without doubt. I mean, I I would argue whether you know the whole hot coffee incident, um, whether that would have really ha you know arisen in any other game. That was a bad choice of words. <laughs> 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 Um, yeah, I'd, 
that it it's it's just a game that just attracts all the media because it's the name now. It's if if you want to you know we do it on our show and if you want to talk about a game that's gonna you know bring up you know an adult theme or controversial, you bring up Grand Theft Auto. It's just a go-to game, and so anything it does. Um, it just you know it incites the sponsor, you know, hot coffee and you know the whole Jack Thompson and, and the violence, the hookers. But the thing that gets me is that Rockstar never shy away from it. They they, they seem to progress every release, add something an, another later a layer to it to make it even more either violent, even more comical, even more uh, you know sex. Pretty much, I mean, there's like you know the Ballad of the Gay Tony. I mean that that's just it, you know. As much as they are the scapegoat for the industry, maybe uh, I think they they incite a lot of it themselves because you know it does uh, give them free press. As much as that may some people may think that's bad, it hasn't done. I don't really done, think done the series any harm because it's more 40 million copies of GTA 4, so probably says yeah. Alex has just messaged I, you to tell me that it was uh, Grand Theft Auto 4, not uh, Chinatown Wars. It should have been Chinatown Wars. That'd been a more interesting story. <laughs> are they both 18 rated? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, either way, either way, the kid was. I just. It is a twelve-year-old son, Jamie, for this guy, Richard Thornhill. What the hell is wrong with him? Okay. So, uh, yeah. No. For me, do you know what the one thing I really wish they'd left out of the series? I mean, from the beginning, pretty much. This is Rockstar. Have a guess. What's the one thing that we could probably have done without? Hookers. <laughs> yep. <sighs> the process of having sex with a hooker and then kicking her to death. A it wasn't integral in any way to the plot. B, it was just a sort of a smutty ha-ha, yes, you can do this. C, while it may have made Rockstar notorious in the short term, it has done no favours for the games industry in the long term because everyone fucking trots it out every time they're talking about video game violence and every time they're talking about amorality in games. And it's so stupid and fatuous. You can get through the whole game without doing it. You have to go out of your way to do it. But the point is that they latch onto this one thing. And how important was it to put in there? So I just wish they hadn't. It's a, in their defence, there, there is th the point that you know you can just have sex mm. with a hooker, however degrading or terrible that is, uh, whatever, and and not kill her. You can just let her go. Um, <laughs> it, it's you know it's in some ways it. it you know, but what well, child's going to do that? Well, that's, that's, that's my point. That's my point. You know, in some ways it's it's almost like they are commenting on society by saying that. Yeah. You are. That's what you're saying, doing. With we're this. all psychopaths. We shouldn't be given this ammunition, basically. Well, one of one of the most aggravating things I've seen was when Vice City came out. They did a, a local news report in New York about um, basically interviewing people on the street about the new Grand Theft Auto. And of course, the whole thing was skewed completely towards this game is evil and you should not even go near the store that's selling it. But um, the only interview that they actually showed in full was with this this gentleman who was um, walking out of a GameStop in Manhattan, and they asked him, you know, why do you play Grand Theft Auto? And his answer was. Well, during my everyday job, I meet a lot of aggravating people, so this game really lets me get my anger out by running people over in cars. And uh -huh. you know that they had to have done 20 interviews that day, where 19 <laughs> people said, Oh, it's this just fun, you know, I, yeah, I enjoy the story. And that, The one guy that says something stupid is the one that was put across New York television for several million people to watch. And that is the problem with the media, that the skewed perspective towards this stuff, and it so aggravating to watch and I really wish I had that on yeah, tape somewhere but even on that note I mean he, he's still saying the right thing is I, you know, I'm taking my anger out in this virtual world so it's not harming anybody else and it sure. is an adult rated game it, it, it comes back to the conversation again you know this is an adult rated game um, I agree with uh, Sinan that yeah, 
you can choose not to do this stuff. I mean, I, I think one of the highlights of Grand Theft Auto 4 was the fact that quite often I chose not to do that. I mean, all the other games, it was just a, a matter of course, well, they're in the way, so why wouldn't I? Um, but it is, an, it is an 18 rated game, and um, as, as it's a sandbox world, and thanks, um, uh, Sinan, you've ruined that for me now, because I've listened to your show where you're talking about sandbox worlds and how Grand Theft Auto really doesn't allow you to do everything in a little play pit. Ugh. I, I can't see any open world game now without thinking, you know what, he's right. This isn't a true sandbox world. <laughs> the irony is, is that out of all the sandbox worlds that currently exist in gaming, GTAs is definitely the closest to that definition. Mm. Because you mm. you can just steer away from the story and then kind of make your own stories for yourself. But, yeah, I'm still right. <laughs> but um, the, the one thing I... The, the one question which I was kind of getting thinking of whilst you guys were talking... Um, about the kind of satirical nature of GTA 4 is, do you think that their their insistence on trying to incite and annoy the media and basically be as incendiary as possible, do you think that makes it more difficult for them to tell a mature story? You know, like, I found playing GTA 4 like listening to the radio, listening to all these really ridiculous uh, broadcasts. Uh, it's funny, but it takes me out of the world a little bit. But do you not think that's lacking in GTA 4 somewhat? I mean, the radio station, I mean, the radio station was a huge part. Certainly in Vice City, that was almost the best thing about that game. Actually, I think mm. 4 was lack, quite lacklustre in its uh, its music yeah. selection on that station. Right. I mean, the the actual talk shows I thought were toned down incredibly over some of the, the previous ones in the series. I totally agree with that. They've never been able to. Sorry. Oh, no, no, I was just going to say I, I totally agree with that. But it's maybe it's just my approach to those to the PS2 games is different to the way I approach GTA 4. I, I found myself getting into that world. Whereas with PS2 games, I just found myself passing around throughout the whole of them. So um, it, it still felt a bit out of place for me. Hmm. I suppose it, it's it comes uh, yeah actually it comes with the cartooniness. The in GTA Vice City, it was you were in the 80s. It was as simple as that. You were in the 80s. It was a giant cartoon. When you put on the radio, you were going to get Africa by Toto or any number of you know millions of these excellent ridiculous cheesy songs from your youth if you're you know my age. Um, again, uh, San Andreas, you got this fantastic sort of... It was just about the ascendry of, of hip-hop and rap and, and how it was actually taking over from rock at that point. And there was this one... It was basically the Rodney King stage of L.A. So everything was just about to explode. And th there was this real feeling of energy. GTA 4, modern day, there's like two stations worth listening to. The rest of them are just reggae and electro and stuff, which I can't listen to. So I found eventually, after I'd listened to the two stations and the one talk show... Um, you know, two, three hours worth, I just turned the radio off. And that took out a massive amount of the immersiveness and the uh, way that the, the the game world comes to life for me. So for, for me, it's t it took a major step backwards. It needed to have a more diverse range of music to capture the feeling of being alive today in a parallel New York City. Right, and I agree with that totally, but the problem is that if you look at real New York City radio, it's also become pretty much that. <laughs> where you know there is no rock station in New York City anymore. It doesn't exist. There's course, only yeah. rap and there's you know hi uh, there's hip hop. There's you know 80s maybe, but like that's it. And there's talk radio. That's the only kinds of music you can get in in uh, New York. Which is kind of when I played GTA 4, I was kind of like, yep, they pretty accurately represented what we can get here in New York, if not even you know more so. But um, do you know what else you can get in New York? What's CDs. <laughs> so you got something else to listen to as opposed <laughs> to the damn radio. <laughs> 
cliche. Um, <laughs> or stick your iPod on. I mean, next Grand Theft Auto will most probably have an iPod. It worked real well, well in Metal Gear Solid 4. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, Wang. actually. That, yeah, it wasn't very good. But um, don't, don't we need games like Grand Theft Auto? I mean, it pushes boundaries. I mean, the gaming industry doesn't do that enough, in my opinion. Um, you know, as, as much as maybe it's boundaries of violence that we're, we're not necessarily comfortable with, or the idea of killing hookers in, in a realistic manner, at least somebody's out there doing it. And every release of a Grand Theft Auto game seems to pave away just a little bit more for other games to, to push the envelope into that space. So as, as much as, you know, sometimes I cringe at, at what it does, I, I think, you know, it's of a benefit to the industry rather than necessarily um, being a, you know, a hindrance to it. I think you're absolutely right. I think um, the GTA games from free to to Battle of Gate only have been some of the most important games for for the industry. And you know they, they are still as much as I've harped on about the fun side of Battle of Gate only. Like one of the most endearing parts of the game is the relationship between your main character Luis Lopez and and Gay Tony, who is not super gay like I expected him to be. Uh, no, for no no offense to any homosexual people out there, <laughs> if that term is is you know misguided. But uh, he's he's you know he's clearly. Uh, gay, he's got a lot of gay traits, but um, he is not ridiculous in any way, shape, or form. He's not a parody or a stereotype. Um, and the relationship between them is, you know, he's uh, there. There's clearly sort of been a, a sort of history in, between them um, in terms of uh, Luis kind of needing to be uh, get taken out of jail, and then uh, not taken out of jail. Sorry, to uh, when he when he got out of jail, being taken care of and sort of. Uh, help to get back into society, and uh, you know, there's the, the way they they talk of each other is, is very endearing. And um, I just, you know, as much as there is all this sort of jokiness about the gay side of the game, they've created quite a mature gay character, which you know is actually quite a novelty for a game. Uh, for a sure, actually, not just a game. I'm, I'm racking my brains to think of a film mm. which is aimed at sort of, let's face it, teenage to twenty-something males, where it's about a fairly macho guy and his very gay mate. They just, they don't exist. Not that I can think of. Right. If I, it's if it's basically about their, fr is it about their friendship? Yeah. And, it is, and just yeah. how they sort of rely on each other. Name one film where that's the case, where it, you know the, the whole idea of the the. I mean, you know, it's not like Brokeback Mountain, where that's actually a, a romance. Um, I sp it, 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 if it's ever handled in any way like that, it's kind of a, a, a sort of. A, a, Shaun of the Dead style, you know, that they're, they're, they're such close friends, they may as well be, you know, married. Um, but it's never actually as straightforward as as, the, as as that story. So I think, to to a degree, Rockstar actually beaten Hollywood on this one. It's What's great about it is the way Lewis handles how other people talk about his relationship with Gay Tony. You know, there's the there's so much name-calling from his friends, you know, faggots, and uh, faggots is actually the word that they seem to resort to all the time, fag, faggot. Um, and he he basically tries to sort of dismiss it, tries to you know just let let it go. But sometimes it gets a bit too much. He just says, "No, stop. That's enough." And it's it's interesting. Like uh, like you said, to, uh, Alex, I just can't actually now that I think about it, I really can't think of a, a parallel. Which uh, again, it, you know, that is surprising uh, that GTA can can do that. Can actually beat Hollywood to something. It's also a, a much, much better way of getting across to people, you know what, there are some boundaries, and when you say these things, you're actually hurting people, as opposed to those, you know, 
PSAs where it's like, don't call people bad names. What if we called you gamer? And it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, get you, yeah, yeah. which are really patronising and stupid. And I, I get their intent. It's it's all you know done with a good heart, but it's not a real way to communicate that message. I think this, where you actually put in the shoes of someone who's, and you have to endure this. Um, it's that that would be, I think, better to actually slowly, quietly, gently ingrain it into people rather than slamming it in their face. And it's also a very good idea for them not to go, right, you are gay, Tony, because that's what we, I think a lot, me and a lot of other people thought when uh, they called it that, and they were like, this isn't even going to sell. Because, like, teenage boys would be like, I ain't buying no gay, Tony. <laughs> and then you're like, no, no, it's okay, you're straight, your mate's gay. And that's just like a, a slow sort of... Again, sort of easing you into the idea of, oh, well, maybe, maybe homosexuals shouldn't all be burned at the stake. Okay. <laughs> I think I think the other thing as well, my my misconception was that Gay Tony was the gay character from GTA Four, who you yeah, and, uh, and he's he is super gay again. If that's so, misguided, I apologise. But I think maybe in in his case it isn't because <laughs> he really was uh, a, a big gay uh, owl. Basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, I'm glad they didn't go with anything like that for this character. Yeah, I'll be really interested to see how this sells in America because the reaction to the Lost in the Damned penis scene was quite, um, you know, a lot of people over here pretty much said, I won't play this game because of that. Fantastic. Uh, That's and, good. You know, I, it, it's, I mean, I can't speak for all of my American brothers, but um, that's pretty much, you know, uh, the fact that the word gay is in the title of The Ballad of Gay mm -hmm. Tony, I mean, A, I think it's, as an answer to say, I agree with him totally. I think it's great that they're doing this. I think it's going to be a very fun experience, but... I don't see many people going into a store and buying a game that has, you know, I don't actually, I don't know, if, is it on the cover? I'll have a look. But yeah, it's no, just called no, Episodes no. from Liberty City. Okay, you know what, so then maybe people will get tricked by it. Okay. Because if it said The Ballad of Gay Tony on the cover, I don't see any, you know, 18 to 24 year old American male, or, and most of them. Give anyway. me that Gay Tony. Right, exactly. No, no, not happening. Unless they put something in front of it to, you Was know, like, Gay Tony? Porn. Sold. Exactly. So, um, I don't know, I... I, I really want to see what the sales are like because I wonder if this will help or hurt Rockstar. I'm not really sure. So then, why has Rockstar done it? I mean, it, uh, other than, you know, I want to promote them and say, yeah, great for pushing the industry forward again. You know, why it potentially harm sales of your game with something like that? Certainly when it's DLC and, you know, the, I, d I don't know the figures of what uh, the Lost and the Dam sold, but there was, seems to be a lot of money riding on it from what Microsoft threw at them. Mm. It was fifty million, wasn't it? They basically gave them million for Xbox yeah. three sixty exclusivity to begin with. I mean, right. for for them to recoup that money alone, I and mean, they would have to sell what twenty, thirty million, twenty million copies. <laughs> well, for the overhead, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, just in terms of how they advertise it on the box, giant letters: Grand Theft Auto. Smaller letters: Episodes from Liberty City. And then up the very top, smaller letters: Two Complete Games. And just underneath that, in <laughs> tiny, tiny writing. <laughs> The Lost and the Damned and the Ballad of Gay Tony. I think it's it's a really interesting question, Tony. Um, I th especially when you sort of think about uh, like Grand Theft Auto, like Call of Duty, like Halo, is a game that critical mass opinion doesn't matter. With it. This is bought by people beyond our sort of niche gaming audience. Uh, mm -hmm. So, um, to in in some ways, they don't have to worry what critics are saying. You know, if it, mm. I don't think. Uh, like I, like I said, I, I really still don't think it would have hurt sales if they just made a, a, a more uh, immature uh, GTA 5. I think it would have still sold much more than, than it did now. Um, they don't need to respond to critics who are saying it's not mature enough, they're not doing enough to push boundaries. They can just get away with doing what Activision are doing with Call of Duty and regurgitating. 
Yeah, but I mean, Activision and Call of Duty was a, a prime example of that. I mean, it was just Modern Warfare 2, and you know, Activision kind of rescinded that. And they were like, no, no, okay, we're going to need the Call of Duty on here to sell more copies. They right. felt like that was an, a, a worthwhile kind of, um, although they had promoted it for a long time, it was just Modern Warfare 2 with all the press. You know, they had to you know grab a pair and go, no, you know what? We're going to have to put a Call of Duty name on this because we think this is actually going to harm sales. So I, I do think the the title will have a, a you know an impact on the the sales. But like I say, I, I wonder how much Rockstar really care. I mean, they do have shareholders, of course, with mm. um, 2K. I mean, <laughs> but I'm sure Grand Theft Auto 4 has recouped any money that that uh, franchise had <laughs> it cost to make. That's for sure. I think this is the year 2009 when the uh, uh, maturity of uh, a lot of popular culture was tested. Uh, so you got the um, yeah the lost and damned penis, and then to a much larger extent the um, the knob in um, Watchmen. The amount of people that I heard talking about that damn movie and mentioning the penis yeah. it so doesn't matter. But it's like it was. Im- I could immediately tell all I really needed to know about those people if they were start- talking about the penis. I was like, yeah, you know what? I don't think you were paying attention all that much. And um, and so you know we've had the Ballad de Gay Tony and we've also had Bruno this year. It's 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 kind of like putting it directly in the public eye and going there you go, and and seeing how people react. And it, it, as far as I'm concerned, the fact that there have not been you know witch hunts <laughs> and actual people being you know lynched. As a result of this, can only speak well for uh, the, the way that the community is but beginning to slowly come around. Could, could you also imagine Microsoft's point of view here? I mean, they had paid for exclusive rights to this content, or far as we know, exclusive rights to this content, and suddenly you've got Rockstar turning around and saying, yeah, on the first one we're going to stick a penis in there, and the second one it's going to be named <laughs> gay. I hope that's all right. By the way, thanks for the $50 million. You know, it, it, it's taken a bit of brave stance, because they quite frankly could have turned around to uh, the Rockstar and said, look, you know, you know, we've paid you money for this content to be made, we do not want it to be called Gay Tony. You know, they've probably right. been well within their right to say that, but they've allowed that to go through out on their DS, you know, DLC, you know, front end of the the marketplace, and the advertising has been everywhere for it. Everywhere I look, there's the word gay shoved in front of my face, and I think that's fantastic <laughs> from both parties, really, to admit that that is something that can be used, you know, not only within films, which it's sparingly used at the best of times, but also in the front of your, you know, your branded console. Not forgetting, of course, that Microsoft are a company who uh, wanted to get rid of people mentioning the word "gay" in game attacks. So uh, you know, it's <laughs> just what is that? Two it's months, weird, three months later, yeah. they're releasing a game with "gay" in the title. It's surreal. I mean, that just surely says a lot about the command uh, that Rockstar and uh, you know the GTA name has at the moment. Mm. I think that might just have been to do with the fact that so many people were, were calling themselves on Call of Duty "gay killer" or something. Yeah, and that just. They were thinking, right, you know what, let's just take this particular pawn out of the game, shall we? Um, I also, I wonder how much this game would have sold if it had been called The Ballad of Straight Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'd have been interested by that title. Straight Dave, what the hell does he care? Straight it's, it's, it's from Bruno, a deeply closeted man who's like, you know, I'm so very, very straight. I make women pregnant just by looking at them. Mm. I think in America the sales would have shot through the roof, to be honest with you. Yep. We, uh, <laughs> we, we like our straight guys over here. Um, yes, you do. I don't. I don't know. It's. It's. I don't know. Like in America, anything relating to sexuality, especially homosexuality, is looked down upon immediately. I mean, the, the nipple on television a couple of years ago is still getting talked about in newspapers and in Janet stories. Jackson. The yeah, wardrobe it's still malfunction. Every, Any time that anything like that, there was actually a story I read on Yahoo yesterday where uh, a local news channel showed um, a breast in a uh, a breast. Uh, 
cancer exam video on the news, <laughs> mm. and people complained Gold. about it. And within that article, it said at the bottom, much like the Janet Jack, like they immediately referenced the Janet Jackson situation. Your country. In a, What's going on? That's what I'm saying. So, so have, way, have a gun. Thanks. For <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Sure. Firearms. No, knock yourself out. We I have. Can go 15 mu- minutes from here, I can go get a firearm. There are plenty of them around. Um, yeah. It's just that's the problem with releasing something like Gay Tony in America is that people are going to look at it and they're going to say. F that, I have no interest in this. I'm going to go play GTA 4 again. <laughs> I don't know. I but hope you it does well. When you're actually playing it, the, the actual content, doesn't it just come up saying you're playing GTA 4? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So people can hide it if they want to, I guess. One, one thing I'd like to... <laughs> so you, you hide the gayness in the closet and you carry on playing. That says so much more about people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not playing Gay Tony. I'm uh, Lost and Damned. What, the one with the penis? No, um, I mean the original... <laughs> The one where one you thing- kill the gay man. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> one thing I'd like to know from you guys, do you think there's been any um, competition for Rockstar in their GTA series? I mean, I had a good long think of this, and yeah, we've already mentioned Saints Row. Um, but what? I mean, True Crime, Streets of LA was the next one I could come up with. You know, think of the... I mean, GTA is a pretty special game, really, when you look at the competition and how they've struggled to capture anything that GTA have done. They've captured gameplay elements, but uh, they they haven't really managed to get their take on uh, America. No, as far as a writing and a culture standpoint, there really hasn't been anything that even comes close to it, to be honest with you. Mm. In terms of maturity in, in other titles, uh, or trying to at least push boundaries, is there any comparison? Well, um, Fahrenheit ultimately is a mature game that's clearly trying to uh, push boundaries, and from what we saw of Heavy Rain yesterday, and we are very excited about that game. Uh, I think David Cage is someone to be trusted to be responsible with that, these kind of hot-button issues rather than just going, hey, this is good PR for us, let's call one of our characters Gay Tony. Right. I think the industry has matured, and I, I think that's, no, you know, that's, that's a big part down to um, GTA's success and, you know, say, pushing boundaries. And I, yeah, I, you could argue if whether you would necessarily see, I, mean, I don't want to get into Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2 that's a mouthful um, you know but Call of Duty 4 I mean some of the storylines in that I mean it was pushed boundaries further than I thought that would have done and who knows whether that would have been an, an influence from um, the way the industry has, has jumped over oh, the yes. years thanks to uh, you know games like this I mean it, as much as I, I can criticise a lot of its gameplay I still think you know the, the strides that it's pushed the industry forward have both been harmful but also you know, quite uh, an important step of uh, the gaming history I think the, in terms of the industry responding, I, I'm, I'm sort of hesitant to totally agree with that. You know, going to the expo on Friday, still seeing a lot of very immature games. Oh yeah. You know, like mm. and, and you know, yes, there things like Heavy Rain stood out, but then I like, played Bayonetta, and it's like, oh, right. So you know, still still seeing another Devil May Cry type game. Um, and okay, that's fine. That's Japanese development. It's a whole separate argument. But my point being that. Um, when we're going to something like Uncharted 2 and celebrating it for delivering a mature storyline and it's really just an Indiana Jones ripoff, like I still think there's a long way to go in and nothing is really doing anything like GTA 4 to try and at least advance things forward or at least challenge people to, to think differently about how to design a game. It's, it, it's it, what's interesting to me, I, I wonder if see, I don't know how they were going to handle it so I really can't speak for it, but um, Six Days in Fallujah 
was an interesting case because they tried to portray a realistic situation and they said they were you know they they even went to the insurgents to get information about how they did their tactics and stuff they, they kind of wanted to portray it as this real scenario that you get to play through and to get to feel the emotion of everyone in that situation and had that been handled right i could see it pushing things forward a little bit but i don't see how that could possibly but be handled right yeah as we yeah we covered this on our we show talked about this, other day, yeah, yeah. this week and i think we came to the conclusion that we just don't think it could have been handled right I mean, I, I think a, a you know film can be done. I mean, there'd the, be the argument that maybe something like Saving Private Ryan kind of got close with that. I mean, Black a lot of people, down. yeah, there is examples, but I think even a mature medium like that would struggle to handle a situation which is still ongoing. Remember, mm. um, and I, yeah, I just, I would love to think games have matured to the point where they could, yeah, sure, we handle a, a serious situation like that and give it the love and respect it probably deserves. But ultimately, you still will probably end the gameplay will end up with you shooting people. There um, is an alternative. Battlestar Galactica deals with very real political issues because it takes them out of the context of our current climate and puts them in a fi uh, fantastical sci-fi situation, which is nonetheless handled very realistically. If a video game did the same, so it's dealing with the same issues that we're currently dealing with, like uh, in Battlestar Galactica, it was things like you know. Do you execute people who have, uh, you know, effect effectively uh, been helping out your enemies? Um, you, uh, there was that whole con effectively concentration camp scenarios right. in there, and it, it got to deal with like the most serious hot button issues. And there was an abortion uh, episode as well. Um, but because it was fantasy in inverted commas. Um, people were able to take it on board without going, well, you know, they're not, they're not talking about us. This is, you know, just a hypothetical. And I think video games are in a very unique position to be able to handle that kind of thing without actually saying, you know, this is how it is. And I think that's also, uh, that, that's where COD 4 comes in, in, in very handy, because ultimately it is, it is a fictional war. And, you know, Modern Warfare 2, they could do something else, which would be, you know, similarly uh, controversial if it was actually supposed to be portraying an actual war. So uh, video games have it probably a bit easier than films, almost. Uh, there's lots to talk about that statement. Mm. Um, I think primarily there's there's ambiguity about Call of Duty and whether it is or is not portraying realistic war. I mean, you know, yes, it's not portraying an actual conflict, but uh, you know, <laughs> it didn't take a genius to know what was being referred to in Modern Warfare. Yep. Um, and I think uh, you have to look at something like Mass Effect, for an example, of a fantastical yeah. game trying to push a boundary and getting absolutely massacred on Fox News for the most, I mean, in terms of a sex scene in a game, the most mature sex scene I've seen in, in actually, to, you know, in terms of films, like nothing really uh, was shown. At all, yeah. yeah and, and yet it got slated. So, and that was the tamest, smallest of things in a game which really didn't deserve it. Yep. David Cage actually was talking about this at the presentation he did yesterday, um, and ha and he was basically saying, look, you know, games have to push forward with this. You know, just because Fox News gets up on their high horse and says, "Oh my God, this is disgusting," if everyone takes note of that, then you know the industry will not move forward at all. I mean, um, Heavy Rain has sex scenes, and, and as he says, you know, he made a big, very, a very strong point that you are adults. This is an adult-rated game. Um, sex is part of life. Violence is part of life. Um, and as a game developer, I, I'm not going to shy away from showing this. And if it causes controversy, I mean, I'm not going out there to, to you know, call, you know, stir the uh, the pot as it was. But then it's up for gamers 
to you know stand up for their rights and throw stones at the people that just do not understand yet and just say look no it's fine this stuff is being shown in film you know games have the ability to do this also um so it was quite a passionate speech from him and i think you know they they it's all over Eurogamer they put it up on that but uh he makes a very good point that you know just because it's a game doesn't really doesn't separate it from you know, all the other media that has been doing it for years it will be really interesting to see what happens with heavy rain because it will be yeah i think what mass effect had against had going against it was that it appeared to be a game for kids because it was sci-fi with guns and lasers and space and all that stuff so uh, that's where that's the whole fox news approach that it was my my child is playing a sex scene um Whereas, you know, I wonder if Heavy Rain will get perceived by the public as a mature game, or will it still be perceived as a game and therefore something for kids? And it'll be a real, like, you know, litmus test for where we are in terms of public perception of the industry, because GTA is fine, you know, that it, that's been kind of standard fare with its controversy since GTA 3, really. Uh, but there hasn't been anything different or new to really see how the public has changed towards video games uh, so I don't know Do you think in that respect then people just switch off I mean even general people that used to get annoyed with GTA 3 and, and all the ones and, you know, beyond that, do you think now that it's just a name where people almost just go oh, another GTA story, I just you know, I don't really care, is it starting to wear thin on that and we, you know, then there, is, there could be a chance for Heavy Rain to kind of step forward and, um, and lead the second charge I think the problem is that there's been this movement with the Wii to, to say gaming is, is, is great and educational and helpful and fitness and all these you know, positive words and, and GTA looks bad contrasted against that so I think in recent years like there's been an increase because of the whole casual games, games can be something that isn't violent movement um, and that's why I'm interested to see what Heavy Rain will do because it, it's, it's you clearly like from what I understand with Heavy Rain you can go through that game and generally make fairly on violent choices you can just a lot of it can be self-defense uh, or it, you, I mean I'm, I'm getting into this is a lot of speculation because really it's a long way till this game comes out but um, I, as far as I'm aware like you can basically go through that game fairly safely and, and not do anything well, really violent it's it's kind of 50-50 and it? You, you can certainly aim for having choices like that I'm going to talk this situation you know I'm going to you know uh, I'll Calm this situation down with just words, but it, it. I mean, from the demonstration we, you know, we saw, we saw three, three separate scenarios of where you know you can talk the person out of doing something. You can, um, you know, talk them really aggressively and you know, actually incite them to to do something that maybe they wouldn't have done first time. Or you can just you know go in there all all guns blazing, well not quite guns blazing, but you know smash the the person around the back of the head with a bottle that you've picked up. So you know, th there's it's certainly open ended, but. Uh, the way that he was actually showing that, I mean, it reminded me, Alex is like, you know, you couldn't go in there just saying, yeah, I'm going to, you know, diffuse this situation just with words, but it actually turned out quite violent because you've kind of misread what was being given to you. Okay. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, that, that, uh, we're going to be talking about that game for probably months <laughs> once it comes out. So. Alright, so to close this sucker up, um, we've all been talking about how, you know, everything has matured and, especially in the GTA series, and, you know, yet, despite all that, all of us have also brought up the, the many crazy, wild, over-the-top stuff from games like San Andreas and Vice City. Um, the GTA games have risen quite a bit since the burp and fart button of the original game and the over-exaggerated blood and characterizations of the PS2 era, but 
Do you think that the damage has already been done to the series? Do you think the GTA will ever escape the jetpacks and wild chainsaw ratings that the earlier games have to become a more serious series? Or do you think that it, it's kind of always going to be looked at in both the media and as gamers as this, this crazy wild over-the-top experience? I think for the media, they've kind of uh, gone too far now and that the media is going to take um, more significant events than just Grand Theft Auto being released and being much more mature. They'd still find the one thing they can complain about. Like, remember the drunk driving everyone was starting to get a big mm. tiz about until it was established that there was no way you could say that that was being encouraged in the game. Um, it would take something like a significant outs external event outside the game for the media to go, oh, well, okay, maybe... Maybe video games are alright, but they just say maybe video games are alright. They wouldn't make a big deal out of the fact that Grand Theft Auto had come of age. Right. That's my lack of faith in the media right now. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of the games media, who do a cracking job. GTA 4 was certainly a step in the right direction, but uh, I think it, it could become the most you know tame and uh, clean series possible. And I, I think you know they would still pick holes in it, or or at the very least, even if it did do that, then you know they would incite victory over uh, Rockstar and saying see look you know, they, they cut it back because of us right. um, but it's, uh, it's paved the way um, I think it's now maybe the chance for other games to pick up the mantle uh, I don't think there will be another uh, Grand Theft Auto quite the same because it has been doing this Christ for what 9 years 11 years now mm. um, I mean even the, the isometric view ones was you know, you know some people were having comments about that and that was just running over you know Flattening people, uh, just from a top-down view. But uh, yeah, maybe it's a bit too too late for Grand Theft Auto. But you know, I w I want to see the continuation of the maturity of the series. But uh, in the end of the day, it is still a game. Um, I don't think it pretends to be anything quite more than that at this point. So I kind of like the fact that it it has some some hang-ups from the past and is actually quite fun to play. I don't think they're going to get more serious than GTA 4 was. I don't think it's going to be like a totally humorless game the whole way through you know what I mean. I mean, they could mm. make a Heat-style game. And they should. Couldn't they? But I, I just don't think... Yeah, they definitely should. Uh, but I just don't think it would fit in with the Grand Theft Auto feeling, if you know what I mean. Right. I think it's, uh, GTA 4 struck the balance uh, just right. I just wish that they'd maintained it, or at least kept some sort of character cohesion for Nico mm. the whole way through. I, from, from my standpoint, I, I guess the pertinent question is, do Rockstar want to make that serious game? And I don't think they do at this stage. I think they've learned a lot from GTA 4. They know that they have to 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 keep a balance, like Alex said. And I I think um, you know in some ways maybe that's what they've done with the balance of Gay Tony. You know, we'll we'll see what people think. But uh, reviews wise, anyway, it's done extremely uh, well. I just but can't see a serious GTA 5. No. And you could always even argue that if you look at um, what Chinatown Wars and on, well, on the DS and the PSP now, um, you know. It, that you know that you do drug dealing and everything in that and it it doesn't take itself seriously at all so you know i i don't think ready you know, i think they're they're not ready in in entirety just to to leave that kind of uh, history behind them i think if they did they'd make a whole different series of games mm. agents perhaps <laughs> that's hmm. never coming <laughs> <laughs> that in la noir forever will be neither that yeah sure yeah. People expect a certain tone when they get Grand Theft Auto, and, and they altered it enough, I think, in GTA 4 for people to be, remain comfortable with it. Right, and I, I think uh, 
go along with you guys are saying, I think GTA 5 will be um, less serious than GTA 4, probably around the, the way that J Gay Tony has been, um, and, but uh, apparently it'll be in an all-new location, uh, as per the information released this week, so that's pretty, well, pretty exciting. Well, while speculation then, when do you reckon we'll see GTA 5? Maybe they might even hold it back from Christmas and put it out in spring 2012. <laughs> I think we'll um, in the future. <laughs> if it was a Christmas game, it would be like the Modern Warfare 3 of that year, maybe, right. up against the actual Modern Warfare 3. Which city would you like to see it in? I, I'd love to see it in London. I wrote an article about this uh, a year ago. I think London, London's perfect for it. It's, it's, it's the British New York. Don't say the but getaway. But then, if if it takes a don't say it, if it takes a a, it. It takes, <laughs> it takes a, a Scottish view of uh, American culture to truly understand it, should it be ported back to America then for them to have an American view of what the British look like, you know, yellow teeth and all? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I think we hate ourselves enough for uh, <laughs> yeah. for it to work. Self-deprecating, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and the only other city I'd like to see it in is Tokyo. I think that would be quite Ooh. awesome, actually. That would be my <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we already have that. <laughs> no one buys it. Well, certainly sure. not in the West. But I think at Grand Theft Auto Tokyo, people would buy. I would. People aren't going to be like, wait a second, this is set in Tokyo. Nah. All right. Um, let's close this one up then. I'd like to thank the Digital Cowboys, Alex and Tony, for coming on the show today. You guys did awesome. And um, I would much. like you guys to please plug your own show, which is incredibly fantastic. Thank Go you, on, Alex. Much, I'll let you do it. Um, if if you like Big Red Potion and this kind of a serious game debate, our show is, is actually kind of similar. Um, the way the way we format it right now, we have a different guest on every week, uh, and we talk about something a different aspect of the gaming culture, uh, and then we do a review section at the uh, tail end where we uh, you know talk from uh, maybe up to an hour about one game that we've been playing. Um, interestingly enough, did you notice that One Up have started doing that as well, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> No Listen comment. up, it's now the same format, but <laughs> copycats. No, no. But uh, no, it's, it's, it's a good format. We, we've really been enjoying being able to focus on one, one thing and then being able to focus on one game. And, uh, and yeah, it's, um, we've been going for nearly two and a half years and uh, we plan to continue going. So, yeah, if, if you like this, so, you might like us. Yeah, so you can find that at thedigitalcowboys.com and that will just take you to the links on everything that we basically do. But we uh, also it's have been a, a pleasure. very nice forum. So thanks to yeah. all of our uh, community there. But no, it's, it's been a pleasure, guys. And like I said, we're actually really big fans of your show as well, and you've, obviously you've guested on ours, so uh, it was a, a real honour to come over and just uh, talk about the GTA series, because uh, I've actually enjoyed it, and it's certainly spurred me on now to go and uh, pick up both Lost and the Damned and um, The Ballad of Gay Tony. That's going to be fun for me to play in particular, I guess. <laughs> well, um, just just to say, you know, it absolutely... Uh, feeling is mutual, and uh, one thing you, you guys have mentioned, which I think is fantastic about your show, like ours... Um, uh, you have guests on each weekend. You guys have had some fantastic guests in, in recent weeks, except for us. But if you ignore us, then but you guys <laughs> had some, some some brilliant guests. And uh, you, you mentioned Red versus Blue. You had them uh, the guys on recently, and that, that was a really fascinating show. So uh, thank you. Uh, well, if uh, Big Red Potion listeners would like to truly avoid that uh, that terrible episode which you guys were on, then definitely <laughs> don't listen to episode 123, which is the 26th of September of this year. Because it's really good. So anyway. <laughs> All right, so Dan, you got anything to say? Uh, just to say uh, hello to everyone who I didn't get to meet at the Eurogamer Expo. I went on oh. Friday and uh, missed mm. everybody. Um, but uh, I, I've heard from you know people. 
Strident, uh, A, because he's awesome, and B, because he sent me a Google Wave invite. So thank you very much, sir. Um, he also sent it. me one, uh, but I've not received it, which is weird. I interesting. interesting. Google hates me. Maybe he lied. Who knows? Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, terrific show, and we will see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.